Chapter Five, Part Ten of The Legends of the Jews, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legends of the Jews, Volume One, by Rabbi Louis Ginsberg. The Birth of Isaac. When the prayer of Abraham for Abimelech was heard, and the king of the Philistines recovered, the angels raised a loud cry and spoke to God thus, O Lord of the world, all these years hath Sarah been barren, as the wife of Abimelech was. Now Abraham prayed to thee, and the wife of Abimelech hath been granted a child. It is just and fair that Sarah should be remembered and granted a child. These words of the angels, spoken on the New Year's Day, when the fortunes of men are determined in heaven for the whole year, bore a result. Barely seven months later, on the first day of Passover, Isaac was born. The birth of Isaac was a happy event and not in the house of Abraham alone. The whole world rejoiced, for God remembered all barren women at the same time with Sarah. They all bore children. And all the blind were made to see, all the lame were made whole, the dumb were made to speak, and the mad were restored to reason. And a still greater miracle happened. On the day of Isaac's birth, the sun shone with such splendor as had not been seen since the fall of man, and as he will shine again only in the future world. To silence those who asked significantly, Can one a hundred years old beget a son? God commanded the angel who has charge over the embryos to give them form and shape, that he fashion Isaac precisely according to the model of Abraham, so that all seeing Isaac might exclaim, Abraham begot Isaac. That Abraham and Sarah were blessed with offspring only after they had attained so great an age had an important reason. It was necessary that Abraham should bear the sign of the covenant upon his body before he begot the son who was appointed to be the father of Israel. And as Isaac was the first child born to Abraham after he was marked with the sign, he did not fail to celebrate his circumcision with much pomp and ceremony on the eighth day. Shem, Eber, Abimelech king of the Philistines, and his whole retinue, Phicol the captain of his boat in it. They all were present, and also Terah, and his son Nahor. In a word, all the great ones round about. On this occasion Abraham could at last put a stop to the talk of the people, who said, Look at this old couple. They picked up a foundling on the highway, and they pretend he is their own son. And to make their statement seem credible, they arrange a feast in his honor. Abraham had invited not only men to the celebration, but also the wives of the magnates with their infants, and God permitted a miracle to be done. Sarah had enough milk in her breasts to suckle all the babes there, 
and they who drew from her breasts had much to thank her for. Those whose mothers had harbored only pious thoughts in their minds when they let them drink the milk that flowed from the breasts of the pious Sarah, they became proselytes when they grew up. And those whose mothers let Sarah nurse them only in order to test her, they grew up to be powerful rulers, losing their dominion only at the revelation on Mount Sinai, because they would not accept the Torah. All proselytes and pious heathen are the descendants of these infants. Among the guests of Abraham were the thirty-one kings and thirty-one viceroys of Palestine, who were vanquished by Joshua at the conquest of the Holy Land. Even Og, king of Bashan, was present, and he had to suffer the teasing of the other guests, who rallied him upon having called Abraham a sterile mule, who would never have offspring. Og, on his part, pointed at the little boy with contempt, and said, Were I to lay my finger upon him, he would be crushed. Whereupon God said to him, Thou makest mock of the gift given to Abraham, as thou livest, thou shalt look upon millions and myriads of his descendants, and in the end thou shalt fall into their hands. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 1, by Rabbi Louis Ginsberg. Ishmael Cast Off When Isaac grew up, quarrels broke out between him and Ishmael on account of the rights of the firstborn. Ishmael insisted he should receive a double portion of the inheritance after the death of Abraham, and Isaac should receive only one portion. Ishmael, who had been accustomed from his youth to use the bow and arrow, was in the habit of aiming his missiles in the direction of Isaac, saying at the same time that he was but jesting. Sarah, however, insisted that Abraham make over to Isaac all he owned, that no disputes might arise after his death. For, she said, Ishmael is not worthy of being heir with my son, nor with a man like Isaac, and certainly not with my son Isaac. Furthermore, Sarah insisted that Abraham divorce himself from Hagar, the mother of Ishmael, and send away the woman and her son, so that there be naught in common between them and her own son, either in this world or in the future world. Of all the trials Abraham had to undergo, None was so hard to bear as this, for it grieved him sorely to separate himself from his son. God appeared to him in the following night, and said to him, Abraham, knowest thou not that Sarah was appointed to be thy wife from her mother's womb? She is thy companion, and the wife of thy youth, and I named not Hagar as thy wife, nor Sarah as thy bondwoman. What Sarah spoke unto thee was naught but truth, and let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, and because of thy bondwoman. The next morning Abraham rose up early, gave Hagar her bill of divorcement, and sent her away with her son, 
first binding a rope about her loins, that all might see she was a bondwoman. The evil glance cast upon her stepson by Sarah made him sick and feverish, so that Hagar had to carry him, grown up as he was. In his fever he drank often of the water in the bottle given her by Abraham as she left his house, and the water was quickly spent. That she might not look upon the death of her child, Hagar cast Ishmael under the willow shrubs growing on the selfsame spot whereupon the angels had once spoken with her, and made known to her that she would bear a son. In the bitterness of her heart she spoke to God, and said, Yesterday thou didst say to me, I will greatly multiply thy seed, that it shall not be numbered for multitude, and today my son dies of thirst. Ishmael himself cried unto God, and his prayer and the merits of Abraham brought them help in their need. Though the angels appeared against Ishmael before God, they said, Wilt thou cause a well of water to spring up for him whose descendants will let thy children of Israel perish with thirst? But God replied, and said, What is Ishmael at this moment, righteous or wicked? And when the angels called him righteous, God continued, I treat man according to his deserts at each moment. At that moment Ishmael was pious indeed, for he was praying to God in the following words, O Lord of the world, if it be thy will that I shall perish, then let me die in some other way, not by thirst, for the tortures of thirst are great beyond all others. Hagar, instead of praying to God, addressed her supplications to the idols of her youth. The prayer of Ishmael was acceptable before God, and he bade Miriam's well spring up, the well created in the twilight of the sixth day of creation. Even after this miracle, Hagar's faith was no stronger than before. She filled the bottle with water because she feared it might again be spent and no other would be nigh. Thereupon she journeyed to Egypt with her son, for, Throw the stick into the air as thou wilt, it will always land on its point. Hagar had come from Egypt, and to Egypt she returned to choose a wife for her son. The Legends of the Jews, Volume 1 by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg The Two Wives of Ishmael The wife of Ishmael bore four sons and a daughter, and afterward Ishmael, his mother, and his wife and children went and returned to the wilderness. They made themselves tents in the wilderness, in which they dwelt, and they continued to encamp and journey month by month and year by year, and God gave Ishmael flocks, and herds, and tents, on account of Abraham his father, and the man increased in cattle. And some time after, Abraham said to Sarah his wife, I will go and see my son Ishmael. I yearn to look upon him, for I have not seen him for a long time. 
and Abraham rode upon one of his camels to the wilderness, to seek his son Ishmael, for he heard that he was dwelling in a tent in the wilderness with all belonging to him. And Abraham went to the wilderness, and he reached the tent of Ishmael about noon, and he asked after him. He found the wife of Ishmael sitting in the tent with her children, and her husband and his mother were not with them. And Abraham asked the wife of Ishmael, saying, Where has Ishmael gone? And she said, He has gone to the field to hunt game. And Abraham was still mounted upon the camel, for he would not alight upon the ground, as he had sworn to his wife Sarah that he would not get off from the camel. And Abraham said to Ishmael's wife, My daughter, give me a little water that I may drink, for I am fatigued and tired from the journey. And Ishmael's wife answered, and said to Abraham, We have neither water nor bread. And she was sitting in the tent, and did not take any notice of Abraham. She did not even ask him who he was. But all the while she was beating her children in the tent, and she was cursing them, and she also cursed her husband Ishmael, and spoke evil of him. And Abraham heard the words of Ishmael's wife to her children, and it was an evil thing in his eyes. And Abraham called to the woman to come out to him from the tent, and the woman came out and stood face to face with Abraham, while Abraham was still mounted upon the camel. And Abraham said to Ishmael's wife, When thy husband Ishmael returns home, say these words to him. A very old man from the land of the Philistines came hither to seek thee, and his appearance was thus and so, and thus was his figure. I did not ask him who he was, and seeing thou wast not here, he spoke unto me, and said, When Ishmael thy husband returns, tell him. Thus did the man say, When thou comest home, put away this tent-pin which thou hast placed here, and place another tent-pin in its stead. And Abraham finished his instructions to the woman, and he turned and went off on the camel homeward. And when Ishmael returned to the tent, he heard the words of his wife, and he knew that it was his father, and that his wife had not honored him. And Ishmael understood his father's words that he had spoken to his wife, and he hearkened to the voice of his father, and he divorced his wife, and she went away. And Ishmael afterward went to the land of Canaan, and he took another wife, and he brought her to his tent, to the place where he dwelt. And at the end of three years Abraham said, I will go again and see Ishmael my son, for I have not seen him for a long time. And he rode upon his camel, and went to the wilderness, and he reached the tent of Ishmael about noon. And he asked after Ishmael, and his wife came out of the tent, and she said, He is not here, my lord, for he has gone to hunt in the fields and feed the camels. And the woman said to Abraham, Turn in, my lord, into the tent, and eat a morsel of bread, for thy soul must be wearied on account of the journey. And Abraham said to her, I will not stop, for I am in haste to continue my journey, but give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And the woman hastened and ran into the tent, 
and she brought out water and bread to Abraham, which she placed before him, urging him to eat and drink. And he ate and drank, and his heart was merry, and he blessed his son Ishmael. And he finished his meal, and he blessed the Lord. And he said to Ishmael's wife, When Ishmael comes home, say these words to him. A very old man from the land of the Philistines came hither, and asked after thee, and thou wast not here. And I brought him out bread and water, and he ate and drank, and his heart was merry. And he spoke these words to me, When Ishmael thy husband comes home, say unto him, The tent pin which thou hast is very good, do not put it away from the tent. And Abraham finished commanding the woman, and he rode off to his home, to the land of the Philistines. And when Ishmael came to his tent, his wife went forth to meet him with joy and a cheerful heart, and she told him the words of the old man. Ishmael knew that it was his father, and that his wife had honored him, and he praised the Lord. And Ishmael then took his wife and his children and his cattle and all belonging to him, and he journeyed from there, and he went to his father in the land of the Philistines. And Abraham related to Ishmael all that had happened between him and the first wife that Ishmael had taken, according to what she had done. And Ishmael and his children dwelt with Abraham many days in that land, and Abraham dwelt in the land of Philistines a long time. End of chapter 5, part 10 This recording is in the public domain.